Unbound Theatre presents The Chronicles of Professor Chronomian Temper and Temporality Written by Dario Knight and performed by Erica Sanderson Chapter 5 The Ball My dear Cassandra, in these testing days I find myself blessed to have companions. Mr Raleigh remains a reassuring presence whenever visiting Harris, and I am delighted that my most impromptu meeting with the esteemed Professor Cronomier has become a firm friendship. She is swathed in all manner of eccentricities and seems most keen to learn my life story in great detail. I am happy to oblige, though the last three years, of which she seems most intrigued, are still uneasy to speak on. Harris and I maintain distance at Manydown, and Aunt Lydia joyfully avoids the rooms she understands me to frequent. Alas, this evening we are to be couched together at a ball held here at the house for more of Harris's latent business partners. I seek comfort in knowing Mr Raleigh and my dear Professor shall be in attendance. You know, Jane... I cannot recall a day in which you have not said pen to paper, the professor interrupted. Have you considered making a formality of it? I have flirted with works of fiction, professor, though they were but fancies. Have you kept them? I... I do not recall. No matter, the professor replied. Are you ready to keep up appearances? As there is no escape prepared, I should venture that I am, said Jane with a measured tone. I had presumed you might wear something different for the occasion. <laughs> oh, nonsense, the professor chuckled. These old threads will suffice. Shall we? Jane took her arm, and they made their way from the room. The professor had given no thought as to changing, though some three years of Jane's life had elapsed since they first met. No more than a few days had passed for the professor. The disturbance which had parted her from Astrid had propelled her through time like a stone skipping across a pond. The two women emerged from a hallway at the top of the staircase, bathed in the glow of candles. An enormous candelabra had been purchased for the occasion, and the flickering candles that filled the room made it sparkle like a cascade of gemstones. Jane hesitated at the top of the stairs upon spying at the multitude of guests streaming into the house below. The professor sensed her moment of uncertainty. Nothing to fear, she said in a low, soft voice. I'm with you. Jane met her eyes, and a smile broke over her anguished face. She looked down at the floor to collect herself, then held up her head and descended the stairs with the professor. Harris was already in the ballroom, exchanging bloated anecdotes with the businessman whose portfolios he sought to woo with the lavish entertainment. The long chamber had been decorated beyond recognition with a new ancestral portrait of Harris's grandfather, looking somewhat identical to Harris himself, hanging at the centre of all attention and great floral displays covering every surface. Aunt Lydia was rooted at one end of the room, snapping at the servants as they came and went with drinks and canapes for the guests. For the entire evening she moved mere inches from the spot, surveying proceedings like a military commander. She made a point to turn her head slowly away when Jane entered, ensuring the gesture was noticeable to as many as possible. 
Well, it's quite the shindig, said the professor behind a fixed smile. So many flowers. Everywhere. Quite pungent. Masking the scent of damp, no doubt, said Jane with a similarly manufactured pleasant tone. And there stands my beloved. Both the professor and Jane looked over at Harris, whose latest yarn had greatly amused his guests. He caught Jane's eye and then looked across at Aunt Lydia, who nodded swiftly enough that none should notice. Harris excused himself from his audience and walked over to his wife in such a stilted fashion that the professor wondered if he had somehow been misinformed when learning the knack of walking casually. Dearest, chimed Harris, taking Jane's hands, glancing a kiss off of her cheek and turning back to his would-be partners to demonstrate his domestic proficiency. You look most becoming. It is only appropriate you keep your language plain, Jane replied quietly. Were we to add to the florid decor, I fear we might choke on the pollen. With that, she too looked to Harris's guests and gave a small curtsy. I shall not keep you. Harris looked from Jane to the professor, who merely raised an eyebrow, then nodded her head in greeting. He responded with a nod no more convincing than his walk, and turned back to his waiting associates. Jane closed her eyes and summoned every strand of composure she could. The professor could see her uneasiness and took her arm. I say, you made no mention of there being crow on the menu, Jane. What? Jane frowned. The professor nodded towards the vigilant Aunt Lydia, and Jane stifled a laugh. Although on second thoughts I might just stick to the salad. The professor reached out, snapped a leaf from one of the flower arrangements and popped it into her mouth. Professor! Jane beamed as her companion made a point of chewing noisily. The two descended into laughter and walked across the hall. Once the last of the guests had arrived, the musicians readied themselves for the first dance. The gathered crowd parted instinctively to allow space for the dancing, and Harris Big Wither stepped forward to commence the festivities. The professor put a hand on Jane's shoulder as she readied herself for the spectacle of dancing with the man society insisted she pretend still to love. Harris glanced across at Aunt Lydia, still fixed to the spot at the end of the room, though no guest had dared to stand in obstruction of her view. Her already pursed lips seemed to tighten even further, and he looked quickly away. To the surprise of all in the room, Harris walked past Jane and offered his hand to a young woman stood close by. Flustered by the action, she hesitated, then allowed herself to be led to the dance floor. The professor could not look at Jane. I take it, that is. Lucy Emerson, Jane cut in. The professor watched in angered sorrow as the music began and Harris and Lucy led the other guests in a dance. She breathed slowly to calm her temper, then stepped in front of Jane. No lady should be left without a partner at a dance, she said matter-of-factly. Indeed not, a smooth voice cut in. Mr. Raleigh, Jane welcomed in a slightly tremulous tone. I had thought you absent. I feared you might be engaged on business. All of my associates are here. I have none to conduct business with, dear Jane. May I have this first dance? Jane took his hand and smiled to the professor, who bowed her head and raised her arm to indicate them to the floor. She took her place at the side of the room and watched as Mr. Raleigh, having no care for the suspicious looks shared by Harris's friends and colleagues, led Jane across the floor. The mass of candles made the room stifling, 
though they illuminated something of great interest to the professor. As she watched Jane and Raleigh dance, a curious glint shone from underneath the gentleman's cuff, as though some metal band were beneath. Suddenly, several of the dancers parted, and Harris strode purposefully, though no less awkwardly, across the floor. He attempted to grab Raleigh by the shoulder, but missed and had to try again. Raleigh turned to face him. Something the matter, Harris? Perhaps you would like to dance with your good lady wife? Harris clenched his fist, ready to strike his business partner, but clearly lost his nerve and instead pushed him sharply away. The professor frowned at the sight and watched as Harris dragged Jane from the room, passing Aunt Lydia, whose sour smile indicated this action had been entirely planned. The noble gentleman offering a young girl the first dance, his jealous wife bitterly turning to another man who sought to take advantage of his colleague's property, his refusal to accept such a slur against his honour. All a demonstration to potential investors in the big wither business that here was a man of generosity who was not to be crossed. A strong man with an untrustworthy wife. A falsehood to win him sympathetic favour. Again, rage boiled in the professor's blood. But a greater worry had already taken hold. In the instant Raleigh had been shunted from the dance floor, she had seen it. It was almost imperceptible. But when he'd steadied himself on the mantelpiece, the band on his wrist had flashed, and for the merest millisecond he had changed. No Regency gentleman, but something altogether more sinister. Something dark. Something dangerous. Something broken. The Chronicles of Professor Cronomier, Temper and Temporality, an unbound theatre production written by Dario Knight and performed by Erica Sanderson, with music by Kevin MacLeod. Mm -hmm.